You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know. Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know. A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome in to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, but alongside Thomas Carinante, the 2022 New York Yankees have not lost since our last podcast. They have not lost since our podcast before that. They have not lost since our Thursday live podcast when Aaron Boone decided not to pitch Miguel Cabrera. That is the last time the New York Yankees have lost a baseball game. No, what if it's just the Guardians and it's just the Orioles and it's just the Royals on the road. That's interesting. <laughs> Guess who loses to those teams? Every other team in baseball, plus the 2021 New York Yankees. The 2021 New York Yankees do not sweep the Orioles in that home series. They do not come back in the third game to salvage the sweep. They do not come back in the third game in Kansas City and get a sweep on the books there. And they certainly do not beat the Guardians, who were 7-5 and entering that series. (laughs) The Yankees made them bad. They weren't bad. They were 7-5. and The Yankees were seven and six. If you beat the shit out of someone so that they have a losing record, they become a bad team. That's interesting. But they weren't bad when the series started. They weren't. They weren't bad. Then the Yankees wrecked them, and now they're bad. I hope that clears things up. The 2022 <laughs> New York Yankees do do things differently than the 2021 version. And no matter what you think about those teams, they just beat. Those are wins. Those are banked. Those are already in the books. The Yankees are 16-6 and six now as they go to Toronto to face a big challenge. All fully vaccinated this week. That's a big series. It sure does help to have won nine straight before it to make the games a little bit less impactful, doesn't it? Again, we'll keep explaining that throughout the podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews. Drop us those mailbag questions. Yeah. If you're Kay Lombardo, it's been a while since you've left a review. You listen to every episode. Maybe drop us a new one. Give, I don't think you've ever given us three stars. So give us three stars this time. Um, and uh, we're going to be live on, on Twitter and YouTube. Two o'clock Eastern time on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, 
Thomas Carinante Yanks won nine in a row. Mm. Uh, Brian Cashman seems to maybe have known what he was doing. Mm. Uh, blemish in the nine game stretch is Joey Gallo is a little bit hurt. And, and that's someone who, you know, if you were to ask fans, which starter would you rather have a couple of days off? They would probably say Joey Gallo. Um, yes. Against Cleveland at home, against Baltimore at home, against Casey on the road, couple of close calls in there. Not every game was dominant, but nine in a row is nine in a row. And a lot of it was true talent peaking forward. Uh, a tale? Oh, my God. I mean, I'm feeling great. It's a t- It was a tale of two seasons when you compare 2021 to 2022 up until this point. And it was a tale of two halves in that first month. The Yankees started off seven and six. A lot of the same things that plagued them last year reared their ugly heads. And we were saying, great, here we are again, not delivering with runners in scoring position, having these snoozers, not giving the pitchers running support uh, uh, enough, um, enough run support. Um, uh, Chapman making us slam our butt cheek shut late in the game because it, everything is a friggin' roller coaster ride every time he takes the mound. Um, and then they rip off nine straight. And it's funny how it's funny how this works. And I get it because we do the same. I do the same thing when I'm criticizing another team. But like last year, everyone's laughing at the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees suck, bro. They can't even beat the worst teams in baseball to improve their playoff standing. What a garbage team. And then they beat the shit out of all the bad teams this year. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, it was only against all the shitty teams. So does it really matter? Yeah, I mean, it kind of does matter. You got to beat the bad teams. If you're an NFL fan, you watch football every single week on Thursday, Monday, and Sunday. And yeah, you, you freaks. That. You watch way too much football. Stop watching so much football. Yeah, stop watching football. Um, but you see those games at the end of the year when you drop that BS one to, you know, the Texans in week four because you weren't prepared, comes back to haunt your season. We talked last year. The difference in the Yankees season was going 11-8 and eight against the Orioles instead of going – 15 and four, which they probably should have. And that's the difference in a home wild card game and getting punked in Boston and have, uh, and having Red Sox fans yell, uh, uh, nice voice, Garrett Cole. You sound like Kermit the frog in his ear while he's doing the pregame, uh, bullpen session. Um, well, the, the Red Sox got the Baltimore wake up juice this week. Yes. Didn't they? Uh, yes, they did. Beside just this, it, it's impossible you know, you got to beat the Orioles. If you don't, you're not even a real team. You know, sweep against <laughs> the Orioles, who cares? You guys lost a series in Baltimore to start the year? Embarrassing. Red Sox go to Baltimore, desperately need a big series to resurrect their early season hopes, win the first one barely, lose the second one on a walk-off bunt thrown into left field, and are down 9-1 in the ninth inning yesterday. series loss. So you tell me, Red Sox fans, how it you know just check marks down the schedule every Orioles game automatic win you guys learned your lesson this weekend you got the Orioles lesson big time we got it, it five different times in 2021 y'all got it this weekend so baseball games are played on the field enjoy folks um folks in Boston um I want to talk about uh the psyche around this Yankees team um, and the psyche of the fans and kind of the complexion of how things have changed. And I know it's only been nine games because, like I said, the first 13, were we pleased? We were pleased after that first – the first couple series, it was you beat the Red Sox. Sunday Night Baseball wasn't exactly pretty, but guess what? The Red Sox had to scratch and claw to avoid a series sweep and only to win by one run when the, the, the Yankees had a chance to break uh, to break it open in um, inning seven and eight of that game. Um, and then you split with the Blue Jays at home. Not really the worst thing in the world. Um, 
Um, and then that series loss to the Orioles, you're, you're pissed off and you're mad. Um, so I know it's only been nine games, but you can see the differences now. What are the differences? We're not analyzing every single pitching switch now. Aaron Boone is not under the microscope that he once was because we're getting some run support now, and there's there's less of, uh, of, of a Hawkeye on his decisions because it's like, oh, don't worry. The offense, you know, we're putting up runs, and we trust our guys, and we got enough people getting hits with runners in scoring position and enough guys hitting home runs now where it's not that big of an issue. Um, two is putting the ball in play. The Royals, I will say this. The Yankees beat the Royals. They swept the Royals, but the Royals also handed that series to the Yankees. I will be, I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not saying the Yankees shouldn't have won any of those games, but the Royals could have certainly made them a little bit more competitive, um, especially uh, Saturday and um, yeah. and Sunday, uh, throwing the ball all around the field, just not playing fundamentally sound baseball. But guess what? Guess who was not playing fundamentally sound baseball in 2021? It was the New York Yankees. They were not doing that, and they were losing games. So these are the areas that you have to capitalize on when other teams are gifting you victories, and you have to take them, and you take the win. Nobody here is not taking it. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, man, I wish the Orioles played. I, I wish the Royals played some tougher baseball. It would have made for a more fun weekend. No, I want to win every game. It feels better to win every game. Um, and one stat that I did notice, Adam, that I pulled up. Hmm. Um, why did I pull this up? Because that guy. It goes into the – I wrote a list uh, yeah. late last week about why we should maybe prematurely say sorry to Brian Cashman for kind of being up in arms this offseason about the personnel decisions, some of which were not his fault, some of which were not his fault. Ownership gave him a financial constraint. He had to abide within those confines, and he had to work with what he had to work with. But guess what? I know there's a little bit of a difference. Last year, season started on time. There were five more games. 26 games compared to 21 games this year. Last year, first 26 games, Yankees did not have a good April until the very end. They started to turn around and they went on that streak in May um, with John Carlos Stanton tearing the cover off the ball. They had a 259 um, uh, batting average on balls in play. That's not that. That's not good for a team who's supposed to be kind of tearing the cover off the ball to be hitting essentially one for four getting on base one out of every four times ever, every time someone on your team makes contact, not very good. Um, and that kind of spoke to the offensive problems as a whole. They weren't making contact. They were, they were scared with runners in scoring position and they were grounding into double plays. Like it was like, it was their job. Then you look at 2022, it's only 21 games, but I think we have a, a larger grasp of, of what the makeup of this team is capable of. A 292 batting uh, batting average on balls in play, um, and uh, a T OPS plus of 100 and S OPS plus of 121 um, compared to 94 and 103 of last year. Um, mm -hmm. Because remember, the pitching staff was performing exceptionally well last year, um, and the problem was the offense not coming through its, at, at certain times um, and just not getting us off to fast starts. And now another thing this year is you go down early yesterday; it's looking ugly. Josh Donaldson makes that error. Lead gets the three one, um, mm -hmm. and you're like, ah, you know what? It's not our our day. We'll take the eight to one. We'll take the eight to one. You know, out of the last nine games, mm -hmm. it's fine. And then you're laid back and you're relaxed, and then the bats start waking up because eventually the makeup of this team is the, the pitching. The opposing pitching staff is going to be broken down at some point. There is no avoiding this Yankees lineup. DJ LeMahieu and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa bookending this lineup 
is, I think, the biggest difference maker. Um, putting balls in play is a difference maker. It tests the defense. You see these teams that have thrown the balls into the outfield, over the first baseman's head, have made the wrong reads. That's what you have to do. And that's, I think, the biggest difference this year is hitting the ball hard in play, making the defense make a move, pressure on the base pass. You talked about Tim LaCastro with his speed, Isaiah connor falefa with his speed, Anthony Rizzo and DJ LeMahieu taking bases whenever they have the opportunity to do so. It's been all the difference, and I think that is what we kind of have to zone in on in the early going and why they have the best record in MLB right now. Miguel Andujar scored from first on a double yesterday. Like people are doing things they don't typically do, inspired by Kiner Falefa and LeMahieu for sure. Um, At this point, like after that Tiger series, you're mad at basically everybody, right? You're saying Aaron Hicks can't hit with the rest of the scoring position. Judge looks like he's having a weird down year. You know, the, 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 you know, the hitting is there. The production is there kind of, sort of, he's above average, but he's, he's not stepping up in these big moments. Stanton is in a prolonged slump. Josh Donaldson's not alive. Kiner Falefa and LeMahieu were like carrying that offense in the Tiger series and Rizzo, of course. Um, and now at this point, who can you really complain about? Other than Aaron Hicks with runners in scoring position, still terrible, right? And yeah. maybe will be terrible for the rest of his life. Who knows? It's very odd. Perhaps that man should try some breathing exercises or something to, to make him visualize a different situation at the plate. But <laughs> I have basically no complaints about everybody else. I'm not sure if Glaber Torres is a long-term starter, but I've liked what I've seen from him the past two weeks a lot more yeah. than I liked what I'd seen from him previously. And uh, things that just did not work in 2021 are working now. Uh, Yankees going down early uh, in a getaway day Sunday to a tough lefty who they've seen a couple of times and who's performed well against them in the past. No matter. Comes back 4-1 down. People were on Luis Severino and people were on Aaron Boone's case for extending Severino into you know throwing tough pitches in the fourth. Yeah. First of all, he's going to have to throw tough pitches at some point in his yeah. life. You know, there, there's risk with every pitch. Sure. Are you taking a risk? Absolutely. But I don't think you can let Luis Severino all the way through this season. It's like, oh, 50 pitches and they've been tough ones. Got to yank him. And he goes the fifth inning and goes one, two, three, and has his best inning of the game, setting up the Yankee comeback. 4-1, they could easily have said die. No one in the fan base would have given them guff if they'd said die, and they did not. Kiner Falefa, you in that fifth inning, of course. And then the contact play works. Josh Donaldson hits that chopper to short. Rizzo heads up base running, scores. That never worked last year. I don't think that worked one time last year. It the number of dudes that got cut down at the plate uh, with one out in the inning just chugging for home plate on the contact play. It's every time. It never worked. And now, all of a sudden, look at that. Reversal of fate. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I don't think that this Royals weekend series was like an exemplary series that you're going to frame. You're no. going to want to show to your kids at the end of the season. But I will say that every game in the series was distinct and different in its own way and that it showed uh, each one of them showed something the 2021 Yankees couldn't do. The last one, they punched back in a game where they could have surrendered and and might have surrendered in previous years. And I I wrote today that Lucas Litke putting first and second no outs with that 5-4 lead, then he strikes out Benintendi. Last year, I think Boone leaves Litke in there and he probably loses the baseball game. Or Judge ties it in the ninth and we're at 6-6 in the 10th or whatever. I don't think they pull Litke and go Michael King there ahead of a tough showdown in Toronto. And that's Aaron Boone learning and saying, I don't want to lose a Sunday baseball game that I don't have to. I got a better pitcher ready. And if Michael King is too tired for game one in Toronto, I have Clay Holmes. I have Miguel Castro. You know, I have other trusted bullpen arms. Loisaga, his last two outings have looked pretty great. That was Boone going for the jugular in addition to the team coming back. Saturday, Cole was great. 
boring game. The offense was bad. They they had they loaded the bases in the second inning with no outs. Connor Falefa grounded with a double play. They only get one. But you know what? They moved the runners over in the third and fourth and scored additional runs on sacrifice flies. So Garrett Cole being great was enough to win the baseball game. The offense did nothing against subpar pitching. And in previous years, we would have been like, God, I can't believe they lost that game one nothing. So annoying they lost that game two nothing. It's the Royals. It's a guy with a six and a half ERA. Well, you don't notice if you win. So they won because they had productive outs and got runners home in a game where nothing was working. They win a game three nothing. Three is not an insignificant number of runs. That was a comfortable win. And they did nothing on offense. And Friday, they go up three nothing early. A couple runs score against Cortez. He holds them off. It's still 3-2 in the seventh. All of a sudden, it's 12-2 in the eighth. That's something the Yankees haven't done in two years, three years. That was very 2019 of them to say, we played seven innings of a close game. We're going to get you one run, one run of insurance here. And then Aaron Judge is going to clear the bases. And then we're going to come back out for the eighth. We're not going to stop hitting. We're, we're hitting until this game is canceled. The rain took the game with the Yankees up 12-2 in the ninth. A 3-2 game in the seventh. 12-2. So I love it. they blew the doors off an inferior bullpen late. They didn't settle for a run or two. How many times have we seen them be up 3-2, 3-2, 3-2? They get one more. It's 4-2. The bases are loaded in the ninth. They win, but you leave the game going, why wasn't that 9-2? Well, 12 2. There you go. Saturday, they don't hit at all and they win 3 0. And Sunday, after banking the first two, they don't even have to try in that game and they're down 4 1. And why would you even bother to come back? And they do. So, the amount of guff we've given to other teams in saying that it feels like our rivals are always unkillable, they're the ones coming back from whatever, like in the games they don't even need. How many times have you watched the Red Sox go down 4 0 in some random Sunday game that they don't even need and then storm back to win it 5 4 anyway? And you're like, why did you even want that? Like, come on, <laughs> give me something. Give me a nugget. Give me a token. The, the New York Yankees in 2022, in this nine game stretch, have certainly been the, the ruthless team. That is like, I don't want to lose the ninth game of a nine-game winning streak. I'm down 4-1 in the middle innings. I'm just going to get hits until I'm winning the game. Like, I I waited this pitcher out. I'm going to chase him right now, and then I'm going to get the bullpen. The Royals' bullpen isn't even that bad. Four innings against the Royals' bullpen, Yankees only needed two, and they came back and won. Very impressive. Now, you go to Toronto. That team is better, but... They already proved they can hang with Toronto at home back when they weren't even alive and awake. They were, you know, uh, they were a pretty mad team in those first two series against the Red Sox and Jays, and they split the four-gamer with the Jays. So it's not like we don't know if we can hang with them or not. We know we can. The Jays aren't hitting the cover off the ball in the way that I think they expected they would so far this year. Uh, There's no reason to say they're in a different class than the Yankees. This series will be tough, but that is why you win the games against the Royals and Orioles and Guardians that are available to you. You go 16 and 6, so you can go to Toronto. And let's say you lose two out of three, you go, all right, cool. 17 and 8. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll see ya. Um, like, I-, I would prefer to beat the Blue Jays. That's the energy I want to bring into this series. But nine in a row is taking care of business in a major way ahead of, you know, what the business that's going to get illuminated is this Blue Jays series. But the Yankees did so much prep work ahead of time that they've set themselves up really nicely to live this series and see what happens. The pitching matchups are not ideal. Alec Manoa always beats the Yankees. Jordan Montgomery's going in the opener on Monday. They haven't hit for him all year. It's one of their lingering problems. But you know what? Go play loose because you've won nine in a row. 
Yeah, you'd won eight in a row going into yesterday, down four one. Everyone expects yeah. you to lose. You've won nine in a row now. You gotta lose at some point, right? Blue Jays, they're hungry. They're saying, Oh yeah, these Yankees are tired. We're gonna take them in the first game. What do you have to lose? You've won nine in a row. Everybody's still counting you out. Like people are saying, you know, you're third, fourth in power rankings. You know, why can't you, you know, you're not as good as the Mets? Okay. I mean, we'll see. Keep winning baseball games. Yeah, that's part of the psyche that I didn't mention before. It's what did the 2019 Yankees do? They they played loose. They didn't. It, it was like, yeah, great playing baseball today. It's going to be a good time, man. Like mm-hmm. I'm not worried about my performance today. We're not worried about maybe not scoring that many runs. We're maybe not worried about the bullpen blowing a game, and not everything is under a microscope. Um, if they can get into that kind of stretch and rhythm where. You know, we want to win every game. You want to win. You don't want to lose, but you're playing 162 games. You're going to lose. You're going to go into bad streaks. It's not going to feel good. But if you can absorb that and still remain at the top of your division or near the top and still be competitive with some of the best in the league, that's the goal. And playing loose allows you to do that. It allows you to not be dialed in with your own performance and getting in your own head because that's how slumps also happen with batters and that's how bad spells go with pitchers. Um, and you know how I know 2021 is different than 2022? Because on that fucking Friday night, you know we're playing that ninth inning in 2021. You know mm-hmm. MLB is, oh, no, yeah, no, we'll play 12-2. Yeah, the world, how many outs do the Royals have left? They have three. Yeah, yeah, 10 runs. That's within reach. So, you know what? We'll keep everybody up till 1 a.m. We'll get Chapman on the mound, mm-hmm. um, rainy, cold. We'll see what happens. And then two grand slams later, you're pooping your pants. Um, kind of like that Angels game where we declared the season over. That was that was very indicative of kind of um, how 2021 was going as a the whole. worst game ever. It was the worst, worst game of all time. Yeah, and you just knew like MLB last year, and even even like even like 2019 too. I feel like the league was just like we're gonna wait as long as we possibly can, regardless of the score, and we're gonna make sure we finish these games as opposed to being like, dude, there's five outs left. They're down six. Just call this. It's the just call this. It's the eighth inning. Um, so I, I have a I've I've some different vibes on that end too. I feel like uh, I feel like it's a little bit more advantageous on that front. Um, and as for and as for Cashman, kind of uh, I want to stay on track here before we move on. Yeah, a couple of the points that I wanted to make about why we have to apologize to him. And look, jury is still going to be out. We're a month into the seat, not even a month into the season. Um, it'll be the full month mark, I, I think, after this Thursday or Friday. Um, but here are the three things right off the top of my head. Maybe the Yankees didn't need a co-ace or a $25 million a year starting pitcher. Would I have liked one? Absolutely. I want more good players on my team, but maybe, maybe they didn't need that because the pitching staff as a whole, absolutely tremendous. They're, they're getting their innings in early after that first couple weeks where they were do go, you know, on a, on a, on a pitch count, a strict pitch count, everybody's kind of been let loose and everybody's been everybody's been throwing the ball well and and doing what they have to do, literally just doing their job. That's what the starting rotation and most of the bullpen has been doing, and that's all they need. Because if you keep within reach with this offense, it's going to be fine. Secondly, maybe the IKF Donaldson train was the most creative and smartest deal that Cashman could have made. We were underwhelmed with it. I know you liked it. I didn't hate it. I was just yeah. like, why can't we just do a real thing? and not do financial gymnastics yeah, and just figure it out and make it a lot easier. But look, IKF batting 300, man, at the bottom of the lineup, that makes all the difference. And say what you want about Donaldson. I know he's not where he should be. I know we made that error yesterday, but he's single-handedly responsible for three victories. 
Walk-off win on opening day. Go-ahead homer against the Orioles. Go-ahead homer against the Blue Jays. That's Josh Donaldson. Three wins by himself. Late in games, delivered when we needed him to, and clearly galvanizes this roster. Um, You could see the energy on the field when they're celebrating in the bench. And lastly, I was arguably the biggest offender of this, so freezing cold take me. Um, I wanted Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman. I thought that that was the one move that was going to upgrade the Yankees in an advantageous way where they wouldn't have to uh, prohibitively pay for a shortstop and block their prospects. Um, And Anthony Rizzo is the best one at the moment right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think Anthony Rizzo is necessarily better than either of those guys where they are in their careers and what they have accomplished to this point. Um, But I think he is that veteran that we need. I think he is that like very annoying lefty bat that pisses off opposing pitching that we kind of took for granted because he started off hot with us and then hit the COVID list and then was kind of hot and cold for the rest of the way. And it was like, Oh, well, is this the guy we're going to resign? Like we didn't fully see what we could really get out of him. Um, and Cashman took that risk too. avoided the other two guys who still would be good on the Yankees. I would still take them on the Yankees, but Anthony Rizzo best hitter in baseball, arguably at the moment leads the way in home runs. Um, so in the early going, we owe Brian Cashman a premature apology. Um, and we're really hoping none of this goes by the wayside because it's very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I think the shortstop one is the most hilarious. And so I just want to focus on that very briefly before we move on. Um, I thought like, I, I, you know, I know the Yankees by now I assumed that I was going to have to talk in theoreticals forever and just keep assuring people like, no, no, no. Like if we sign Carlos Correa and Trevor story, they would suck here. Like just, <laughs> they would suck here. So I yeah. would just have to keep telling people that. And then they would show me their stats as evidence. And I would go like, no, but you don't understand. Like when the Yankees lost a random July game, because Trevor story struck out second and third, two outs in the ninth down one, like then you would be like, you got to be singing a different tune. I would just have to speak in theoreticals and say, Trust me, they wouldn't be good here. Well, guess what? Carlos Correa has been okay. It's taken a hot streak to get him to league average, 99 OPS+. plus. Will he come back from that at some point this season? Sure. He cost $30 million. So I I need him to excel before I'm even a little bit thirsty for Carlos Correa's production on the Yankees. If Carlos Correa is slightly above league average in June, I'm not going to be thinking about him for even one second. Trevor Story is the worst player in baseball. No, he's not, but he has a 76 OPS plus icy blue garbage all over his baseball savant page. Uh, He fired his agent last week, clearly happy to be in Boston long-term. His agent negotiated a six-year deal with the Red Sox, and after three weeks, he went, fuck you, you are fired. Why did you do this to me? (laughs) Trevor Story has a 76 OPS plus this season, 76, and was clearly signed because the Red Sox have no intention of extending Xander Bogarts, who I believe led the American League in hits in April while the Red Sox went 9-14. and So discount Xander Bogarts is so frustrated with his long-term future that he's already fired the man responsible for the contract, and he epically sucks this year. So I don't even need to sell you on theoretical there. I don't have to say if he was a Yankee, he would suck. I just have to point you to everything. Exhibit A, the entire profile portfolio and say, look, he's not good. You you can look at my tweets the day the Red Sox signed him. I didn't want him. You wanted him. I didn't want him. 
and not you, Thomas, you, the masses, you people, the people who watch these guys, how are they not? How are they not spending? It's an historic shortstop class. A bunch of 22 year olds <laughs> who just subscribed to fan graphs or telling me, like, I mean, Trevor's story has been so bad. Marcus Simeon, though, surely has been good. What's that? He has a 30 OPS plus. How? 30. How? 30. What's average? 100. 100 is average. 30. What's he doing? Corey Seager's been good. He's got 122 yeah. OPS plus. Yeah, One of the good. four shortstops has been good. But 10 years of Corey Seager? Not sure I want to do that. I don't just know. Be honest, just going to be honest with you people. Um, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, even if he hit in the way that most people expected him to, which AKA 270, 170 hits on the season, two homers or something, good defense, not a lot of power. That profile, which many were arguing could help the Yankees, is a way below average OPS plus. That would have been like 91, 90, 89 or whatever. And that's like the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. He's, at, he's at 114 right now. So yeah, it's only a month. It's only a month. Only a month is not Only even a month has passed. Not even a month has passed. We know I'm not making any long-term judgments, and there quite possibly could be a time where the Yankees really need a home run in the ALDS. And it's Isaiah Kiner Falefa at the plate instead of Carlos Correa. And I'm going, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I see. But as of now, Isaiah Kiner Falefa's in the 87th percentile for expected for expected batting average. That's wild. I know, you know where Trevor Story is? Uh, 22nd. Is he? No, I'm guessing. Oh, uh, 29th. Okay. Trevor Story's Trevor Story right now is like Joey Gallo. Yes. The maximum exit velocity 87th percentile. Average exit velocity 60th. 60th's not good, <gasps> but it's it's in the red. It's not in the blue. Everything else, hard hit percentage, like how often he's actually hitting the ball fucking hard, almost never. 24, 24th percentile. Expected slugging, 19. Expected weighted on base, 27. Ugh. Strikeout percentage, 18. He's striking out all the time. Oh my God. For the next six full years. <laughs> And the cool oh. thing about people as they age is they get younger and better. Oh, no, know what? Sorry, I'm just checking my earpiece. They <laughs> they get older and worse. Oh, this just in? This just in. Oh, breaking. That's what happens. Trevor Story and I are going to age at the same rate. I guarantee you that I will not be. I can't lift as many tires in six years as I can now. That's just a fact of life. Right now, I can't lift any tires, and I probably won't be able to lift any in six years either. Um, do I wish the aging process didn't exist? Absolutely. Aging is very difficult. It's a tough <laughs> process. We're all expected to mature and grow up. I'm going to have real serious responsibilities in, in six years that I don't have now. But you know what? When I'm 37, I'll be able to look myself in the mirror and say, at least I'm not Trevor's story. <laughs> <laughs> at least I was able to bring my aid game to that podcast. Six years ago. Yeah, I may age poorly, but it hasn't happened yet. And Trevor, getting hit with the ugly stick, my friend. Um, no, he might rebound. He might rebound in Korea. He met. <laughs> um, let's talk briefly about Joey Gallo, uh, who uh, who did get injured over the weekend, um, but not in a particularly serious way. 
Um, he had a little groin tightness left Saturday's game. He said he could play Sunday. Uh, then he didn't just because, I mean, again, why would you play him on Sunday? Why would you play him on Sunday? So they didn't, I mean, he's, he's sitting out. I wouldn't be shocked if he sits out Monday too. Uh, I think Joey Gallo has been a little bit better lately and the issues certainly have not been as glaring went yard a couple times in the Orioles series, had a couple hits on Saturday before the injury. Uh, it has not been debilitating to keep Joey Gallo in the lineup and that's the way we like it. I don't know if he has a long-term future here. Probably not. Probably still going to price himself out somewhere else. But if we can get slightly above average Joey Gallo, I'll take it. And if it takes another day or so off to get him there, totally fine. The minor Joey Gallo injury has restarted the Brett Gardner discourse. And I don't really know how you fall on what side of the fence here, but people are certainly chattering about bringing Brett Gardner to a 16-6 and New York Yankees roster. And to that, I'm just left kind of slack-jawed going, like, you want to change things now? Because he's a Brett Gardner's a person, so like you're adding a different personality to the clubhouse that's clearly thriving without him. Sad to say, and that's not even a judgment on Brett Gardner. It's just to say that whatever this is is working. So you want to add another guy who's a strong personality to that? I, I don't know about that, folks. Yeah, I don't think so. And I wrote this article too, not to not to just be a be one of those guys, but um, you look on Twitter. And everyone's saying, prepare for a Brett Gardner reunion. Prepare for this to happen if Gallo's out for an extensive period of time. Um, and then you have, and then, and then you have that, and then you have people saying, no, why would Gardner come back? We signed Ender Inciarte for a reason. Well, Ender Inciarte doesn't play left field, so also where is he? Yeah, he's in the minors. He's having a good time at AAA Scranton. Um, I think batting two ninety five with like an eight fifteen OPS or something. Um, but most of his work is done in center field. Ender Inciarte was brought here in the event Aaron Hicks would not be reliable or would be injured. Um, at least that's my educated guess based on me reading and learning about baseball for the past however many years. Um, Ender Inciarte, I don't think they're going to be putting in left field. So that kind of opens the door for you to be like, oh, maybe they do bring back Garner. Because the, the other end of the spectrum is, do you want Castro playing everyday reps when he's been doing great as a depth option? Um, you want to keep his legs fresh. He's the fastest guy on the team. He needs to be used in certain situations where if the Yankees are in a pinch, he's got to be on the bases running. He needs to be in for as a defensive replacement. So um, it does lend the argument for this to happen. Um, and why are we thinking in this way anyway? Why? Because when someone's day-to-day on the Yankees with a pulled something or a sore something, is it ever really day-to-day? Or is it two IL stints? And it's something that we don't know that's actually worse than it is. Um, so just be prepared, guys. Uh, good vibes right now. The team's rocking. I don't like to think in worst-case scenario situations, but if Gallo, if this is a nagging thing, or perhaps he returns too early and something happens, who knows? We're going to have to be looking at potential scenarios to fix it. Do you want Floreal up here? I don't know. I don't, I'm not the Yankees. I don't make these decisions. So – we have to explore everything under the sun. Brett Gardner is the obvious one. Why? Because he expressed an interest to play this year, expressed an interest to finish his career with the Yankees, did not sign with the Blue Jays despite the interest there, which could mean one of two things. Mm-hmm. One, he didn't want to play for the Blue Jays because he wants to play for the Yankees. Or two, he's unvaccinated and the Blue Jays couldn't have used him in Toronto. Yeah. And that's why they traded Randall Gretschuk. So you don't know anything. We don't know exactly every bit of information surrounding both of these things, but 
it's going to be in the back of our minds as long as Gardner's unsigned and as long as the injury issues begin to crop up. Um, but yeah, good for Gallo getting back on track a little bit. Um, I like that hustle uh, that he busted to get to first base. He forced an errant throw, kept the inning alive. Boom. There, 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 that's all you need. That's all you need. If you're not getting hits, if you're not hitting home runs, you need to bust your ass when you're putting the ball in play or you need to put the ball in play hard, test the defense, make them do something. Um, and I know there's, you know, the Gallo defenders out there who are always going to be saying something. Oh, Joey Gallo hits the ball hard. He's unlucky, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it seems like those same people, I don't want to generalize because I don't like to put people in specific camps, but these same people, usually when I'm looking and reading about them, they like to hate on DJ LeMahieu for whatever reason. Um, I don't know why. I don't understand why DJ LeMahieu, uh, 141 OPS plus, 145 WRC plus. For everybody who loves the advanced stats, who use those advanced stats and those expected stats to define who Joey Gallo is and why he's an asset and why fans shouldn't give up on him despite this being 70 games of not good baseball. Um, so we're a team. Let's keep the team going. Let's feel good about our guys, but let's be honest about the production. Let's be honest about what might happen if somebody goes down, what possibilities are out there for us to improve the roster or even just to put a body in there um, to keep us going. Another argument about the whole Ender Arte thing is like, yeah, they signed Ender Arte because they had the leverage to get him on a minor league deal because he has been trash for almost three years now. Mm-hmm. Brett Gardner is not a minor league deal player. He's playing at the drop of a hat. He's probably, you know, squatting and flipping tires right now to stay in preparation for the season. Um, and he's a major league baseball player who has had a fairly consistent career and you know exactly what you're getting out of him. And he plays two positions very well. Um, so that's another reason. That's another side of the coin. So just keep it in your mind. It's something It's something worth keeping an eye on and, and tracking because things can change. Things are looking good right now, and you don't want them to change. But oh, drop of a hat, we've seen Yankees rosters go from this team's great to what's going on to, oh, my God, the replacement players are hitting 300 and we're really good to why is Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier playing in the corner spots. We've seen it all over the past three years is all I'm trying to tell you. That's it. Yeah, I think you and I were really good on this the last couple of weeks. I think the only things that we were somewhat harsh on in terms of waiting for things to normalize before making any real judgments, we're obviously not making any final judgments here either. I acknowledge Isaiah Kiner-Falefa it may end up inferior to Carlos Correa production-wise. Crazy, yeah. I know. It, it very well might happen. But he's still proving to be a winning baseball player. And I think regardless you're going to see a lot of impact from him over the course of the year. I think you and I were very fair during the dead times to say, let's wait before we judge. But we were pretty quick to judge Garrett Cole, which I think was totally fair uh, because that third star was indefensible and his explanation was indefensible. And he made a tangible change. He went with Jose Trevino for starts four and five and has thrown two straight shutouts. Uh, So it's not like he just figured it out. That's the thing. Sometimes people are like, just you wait. Things will, people are going to start being themselves if you just hang around and wait and hope that they do. Well, that didn't work last year. It didn't work in 2020. And sometimes in order to get to the level you've established, you need to actually change something. Garrett Cole changed the catcher he's working with. He's completely revamped his 2022 season. It's that, I mean, it's not that simple, but he was average, average, terrible, made a change, great, great. Right. The other person we were very quick to judge was Joey Gallo. And it wasn't that quick. It was last year, too. 
And it was all of us from a whole offseason of saying the Yankees are about to have a full season of Joey Gallo. That should change the offense. And then he shows up this year and he's worse. So it wasn't necessary. I don't think it's knee jerk to say two and a half months of production from somebody does not feel like a long term fit. And he hasn't done much during the optimistic few weeks either to completely reverse course here. Yeah. He's hit his share of hard hit balls. He hit two homers against Baltimore. We love it, but he, he's not done. He, he hasn't climbed the pyramid yet. He hasn't assured everybody that he's going to be a winning ball player moving forward for the rest of the year. If he needs to take a little bit of time off, sure. Um, however, yeah, the solution there is not Brett Garner for me. The solution is not Robinson Cano on a minor league deal either after the Mets have uh, DFA no. instead of uh, getting rid of Travis Jankowski. That's not somebody that we need to deal with. That's also another lesson in sometimes the Yankees do know what they're doing. When they got outbid for Robinson Cano after 2013, he went to the Mariners. Oh, it's so disastrous. The Yankees, oh. how can you let a franchise icon, how can you not outbid the Mariners? Maybe because a team like the Mariners hasn't made the playoffs since 2001 and they can pay Robinson Cano that exorbitant salary. The problem was the Yankees turning around and paying Jacoby Ellsbury and Brian McCann that money. Oh. Even though I will stand behind the Brian McCann signing to this day, I don't understand what the fuck happened to that dude. That was a great. That was exactly what they needed at the time. And then he just wasn't good. So hand up. I'm also wrong on that. But Ellsbury, obviously, bad money. You know the mistakes were made. But not giving Cano that contract when he went to Seattle was an All Star level player for a little while longer. Got suspended for PEDs. Regressed. Got suspended for PEDs again. And is now probably out of baseball at the age of 39 with. 40 plus million dollars left on his contract that the Mets just DFA'd and eight. The Yankees would not do that. There's no way the Yankees DFA Cano today. And so just another cautionary tale that maybe everybody you want to give 10 years worth of money to is somebody who's not going to be worth it at the end of that deal. And that if the Yankees had Corey Seager now, we might be celebrating, but it would be somewhat of a redundant profile. He would not provide the different look that Isaiah Kiner Falefa does. And then there's a good chance that Corey Seager in six years is DFA-able. But the Yankees are like, well, too bad. We still owe him $138 million. So I guess <laughs> we're not going to do that. Um, just another a history lesson for you. And and someone else the Yankees should not be signing. Robinson Cano should not be on the Yankees this year. Uh, best of luck to him. Really funny, I did look up uh, Robinson Cano. Because like, it made me think of how much of a slam dunk Hall of Famer he was when he was a Yankee back in the oh day. Oh, my God, and, yeah. Like, where does he stand now, et cetera? Uh, so some of the Hall of Fame statistics, he, he you know, holds up relatively well. He's not getting in because all the PED stuff. Two PED suspensions is probably enough uh, based on what we know about the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame standards, he ranks 50. He's got a 51. An average Hall of Famer gives you a 50. Hall of Fame monitor, which is basically like leading the league, all-star appearances, noteworthy things. 181, a likely Hall of Famer at 100. Great mm. test which is sort of just a random assortment of, of statistical, you know, benchmarks. 138, an average Hall of Famer is 144. So I'm like, all right, he's, he's right in the middle here. He's, he's most similar to Jeff Kent and Scott Rowland and Ryan Sandberg, a Hall of Famer, and Aramis Ramirez and Miguel Tejada. And it's sort of a mixed bag. And you're like, some of those guys were, were good, not great. Some of those guys are in the hall already. His black ink test, average Hall of Famer ranks has 27. He got a one. <laughs> One. A one. Okay. It's a Bill James stat. It's four points for home runs, runs batted in or batting average legally, three points for runs scored, hits, slugging percentage. I won't bore you, but it's basically like weighted points for what you've led the league in over the course of your career. 
one. So that Cano suddenly all, all of a sudden turns into a compiler. Very good. Not great. Add in two PED suspensions. And he's not getting to 3,000 hits. He's still 350 away. And that's probably the end of the road for that guy. Sorry. Unless, of course, the Yankees sign him. And he goes on to have four more spectacular years in pinstripes, which they should not do. Speaking of the pitfalls of a long-term deal, though, uh, $213 million. Not enough for this version of Aaron Judge. Uh, After a couple weeks at the start of the year where everybody was like, Aaron Judge is pressing. Aaron Judge doesn't look like himself. Aaron Judge, you know, the spark isn't there. Everybody talking about Aaron Judge, like the final stages of a bad marriage. Last two weeks, while the Yankees have gone on this winning streak, 11 games for Aaron Judge, seven bombs. 15 ribs, five homers in his last five games, uh, destroying the competition. Uh, what's he at? Like 239 WRC plus or something. He's like doubling Wait, up. I got it. Average hitter. Yeah. It's 200. Yeah. But it's funny because what does that mean? You're better than 100% of the league? It, you're like 100% better than the average player, right? Oh, he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's punishing the baseball ever since everybody downplayed it and like where are the moments i don't know two homer game huge insurance run bomb on sunday extending friday's game from four two to seven two that's pretty important one getting the last game of the orioles series out of reach because then ron marinaccio came in and almost blew it so judges three run shot pushing from seven two to ten two uh, it's not all tack on runs. You know, these are all pretty important homers and judges tearing the cover off the baseball single-handedly won that Friday game against the guardians with two bombs. They won it four one. They don't win it without those. Uh, so the last two weeks, completely different story. Judge needs to play like this for most of the year to earn that significant raise he's looking for. But I tell you what judge needed a true talent peak. This has certainly been two weeks of that. This is not a $213 million player. I didn't think it was so ludicrous that the Yankees offered that. I still think that was a fair offer yeah. for Aaron Judge, um, especially before the season. It was fair for the Yankees to say this is as high as we're going to go before we see what 2022 looks like. Mm-hmm. Also fair for Judge to say no. And through April, I think Judge has added another 30 or $40 million to what he can expect to earn this offseason. I think it was a fair offer from the Yankees. I think Aaron Judge has blown it out of the water so far this year. Great for 2022. Pretty bad for 2023. Yeah, that'll be tough if it comes down to this, especially if the Yankees don't win a World Series. That will be that'll be that'll be the nightmare where he has maybe he finishes MVP or like top three, and it's it's this caliber of a production, mm-hmm. and the Yankees fall short again, and then we hit the offseason. He wants 300 million, and they're like, no, sorry, we'll figure it out. And then you're just like, wow, life deflated, defeated. Don't really know what to do after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, I kind of I, I I laughed a little bit. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, you're going to reject th- almost 31 million a year at this point after great baseball player Aaron Judge, but uh, simply two full seasons. And that's if you can if you can perform exceptionally for two full seasons and a team is willing to offer you a contract in excess of, of $210 million, that's a life victory. You know? Yeah. You get like a 10% raise nowadays, and you're like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And Judge yeah. Judge did say that, too. He was like, it was an honor to go through the contract process. Yeah. And it all yeah. rang hollow because we were like, you're announcing this on opening day, you dipshits. What are you doing? Yeah. But he was like, 
pretty cool to talk contract extension with the Yankees. Neat to see what they wanted to pay me. And we were all rolling our eyes. And now judges A, vaccinated, B, a superhero, C, destroying baseballs. And yeah, it's probably earned himself a lot more money. So cool. Very cool. And I respect anybody who bets on themselves like that. I thought that was that was like akin to being in the casino and, you know, you hit a number on roulette and you're up like two grand and you're like, you know what? I'm going to take all this and put it on a color instead of just going up to your room and getting a ton of drinks and, or going out to dinner or something. I'm like, Aaron judge just gave the house all the money back when he didn't have to. Um, And then you hit on red and everybody else looks like the asshole. And then, you know, you're going out for the rest of the night. So I get it. I respect it. Um, And now he's exceeding expectations in the early going more than we could have ever imagined Um, picking up the offense in ways that the average the average fan will look at and be like, oh, well, he's not, you know, he's not hitting go-ahead homers. He's not he's not getting clutch hits at runners in scoring position. It's like, no, but you need guys to continue to put the pressure on the opposition and score runs. You need to score runs regardless. It's not like Aaron Judge is hitting a grand slam up 10-2. He's putting the game out of reach when it's a two to three run lead, when you know that you're you, you, there's a few innings left and, and the bullpen's tired and you don't really it's it's uncertain. And we were in so many of those situations last year where it's like, can we get three more runs? Can like one, this team is supposed to be the one swing of the bat team where it changes the complexion of the game. Then you can bring in the guy who eats garbage innings for eight uh, innings, eight and nine bullpens rested. But the nonetheless, the impact Aaron judge is making is affecting the team, having a positive effect on the team as a whole and um, is boosting his individual numbers to the point where you're like, Oh, well, yeah, I guess he's probably, He's maybe a $275 million player, maybe $300 million, depending on where Wait, we're getting. Maybe $360 million if Aaron Judge gets his way. He's um, boosted but, too? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, props to Aaron Judge, man. I'm, I'm happy for the guy. Uh, it's got to feel good after um, after those first couple weeks too. Um, and uh, I'm rooting for him to blow the doors off this season because you want to see good production. I'm not rooting for a devaluation in player you know, in, 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 in any player, no, um, no. even if my team is going to take a hit for it. Um, it is what it is. I'll take a legendary season from Aaron judge. And if he's not a Yankee after this year, it is what it is, but we enjoyed the ride for 2022. Um, and if that's the story, then that's the story folks. You live with it. You learn and you have fun along the way. It's definitely a catch 22, but you have to be a legendary asshole to like, if he got hurt as a Yankee fan to be like, yes, <laughs> the contract will be free. It's probably <laughs> discount, power also, discount. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like, also it might not, right? Like it, it's, it's like rooting, yeah, for, it might like, not. Rooting, for, rooting for injuries to increase your tanking. And like, yeah, Julius Randall's hurt. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, okay. You fucking weirdo. Like <laughs> there's no, t- if Aaron judge got hurt, the Yankees are going to value him less, but that means nothing about what he personally values himself as. And before the season, he already said he wanted, I mean, the rumors said $360 million, who knows if that's true or who knows if who's leaking what to try to make you angry at your best player. But, you know, if Aaron Judge got hurt tomorrow, I don't think he would be like, oh, man, OK, knock $60 million off my dream contract like <laughs> the Yankees might, but he won't. So that just means he'll go to San Francisco for 260 mil instead of 300. Like it doesn't mean anything. So anybody thinking that way i also might be arguing against a fake person right now i might be doing the twitter thing the twitter thing of inventing a guy to get mad at like (laughs) what are you you talking about the the classic tweet i was told steph Steph curry Curry. was a great shooter who told you Uh, that 
Who told you that? Absolutely nobody. I mean, I might be arguing against a fake guy here. There might be nobody rooting for Aaron Judge's value to decrease. But there were. I mean, the resurgence bandwagon man was like, I hope Joey Gallo sucks this year so the Yankees can sign him to a cheaper extension. And it's like, uh, no, I hope Joey Gallo kicks ass this year because he's in my lineup, whether he sucks or not, you loser. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, I might be arguing against a fake guy, but I'm definitely arguing against the hybrid of a real guy. Yeah. So... Uh, take that as it will. But Aaron Judge so far is doing everything he needed to do in the early going to earn that raise, uh, get that money. And it's not going to be easy for the Yankees. But again, reap the benefits while you can. Don't get caught up in the future. Don't do um, it. I-, I would love Aaron Judge long term at the right price. I would also love Aaron Judge to keep kicking ass for the 2022 Yankees, a team he is under contract for. You know what? They're not going <laughs> to be trading Aaron Judge at this year's deadline folks no that was a fun one that that was a fun uh, couple of days of discourse another thing people thought they outsmarted us on like oh but but what if we perhaps pulled a mookie bets i don't know what if we went 16 and 6 and then had to talk about being the best team in the american league instead and just try to win cool. baseball games with aaron judge oh wait it sick. is cool oh wait it's pretty great yeah it's been awesome um yeah, the the blessed feeling i have not felt in so long Waking up on a weekend excited to watch the New York Yankees. Yeah. Checking my phone, seeing them up 3 nothing, and just going, I think they'll maintain this lead. Or seeing yeah. them down 4-1 and being like, they could lose, but you know what? They could also just win. And then <laughs> I fell asleep on the train. I woke up. It was 5-4. I go, oh, nice. Fuck yeah. Winning, winning again. What can you say? Uh, you go to bed thinking about how great the New York Yankees are. You wake up thinking about it too. Um, pretty great time to be alive. So Aaron Judge keep kicking ass i hope you stay here forever um i hope it's a mutually beneficial marriage if it's not guess what we still had 2022 together so uh hope you stay healthy and do good things on the baseball field that's the base level of expectations it's it's easy but i really hope that uh that is it for this beautiful monday edition of the ace go yard podcast make sure to find us on apple podcast google podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast drop us those five-star reviews drop us those mailbag cues we'll take them yeah. Yankees have not lost since that live Thursday edition of the pod. Let's hope they keep that energy going into Toronto mm-hmm. this week. House of Horrors, but everybody's vaccinated, apparently. Apparently. So apparently. I think we will be seeing the whole roster. That's pretty <laughs> exciting. Uh, the Boston Red Sox lost Tanner Houck and Chris Sale, theoretically, and Cutter Crawford. Cool. Going into Toronto, and it actively cost them two baseball games because they had to start Garrett Whitlock instead of Houck. Lost Whitlock in the bullpen. They lost a game where they could have brought in Whitlock in the bullpen, but didn't. And then they lost the baseball game. So it spirals quickly if you've got unvaccinated guys. The Yankees don't have any of those guys. So hope they win some more games. But either way, guess what? Tough series in Toronto. I'm logging on tonight going, I'm going to watch the Yankees play baseball. I'm excited. And if they lose, they lose. But no fatalistic garbage here. Let's go play the team that's supposed to be the best in the AL East. Let's see what they got. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I am at Tommy's underscore takes, folks. You can also check out my bylines as well as well as Adam's bylines at yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of content there for you. Talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. I don't have to emphasize it enough. Big series in Toronto. Um, we're bringing the good vibes. Uh, you want the wins. If we don't get them, then we got the Rangers at home. Let's capitalize on that. It is, you know, but we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking to you again on Thursday. And we're gonna be able to we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a good vibe check heading into the weekend. Um, so guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Tune back in in a few days, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Enjoy your Tuesday and Wednesday. Hey. 
Enjoy the week. Let's go beat a good team. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.